0: the Montevallo BCM podcast for another episode and conversation that we pray God uses for his glory and our good. Today we have another special guest with us, a longtime servant of Montevallo students and this year's BCM president, Kelly Sellers. Thank you for being here, Kelly. Why don't we just start by you introducing yourself a little bit?
1: Thank you, Jacob, for allowing me to be here today um, just to share a little bit what's been on my heart the last couple days and the past couple years as well. So I started here at Montevallo in the fall of 2016. I got involved with the BCM a little bit during my freshman year, but I started really getting heavily involved during my sophomore year. I served on leadership teams since junior year with an emphasis on fellowship and reach and hospitality. I'm blessed to be this year's president, especially during a time where anything can happen. I graduated UM last May with my bachelor's of art in English with a creative writing minor, and I am currently working towards an alternative master's in collaborative education, or also known as special education, for 6th through 12th grade.
0: I've known you for about four years now, as you've served within our campus ministry, and I specifically remember talking with you quite a bit last year Um, about what to do for graduate school and just got to hear how difficult that decision was for you. It took quite a bit of wrestling. We talked about it a number of weeks. Could you tell us what that was like for you?
1: Sure. So coming into college, I plan to work towards becoming a secondary education or middle or high school teacher for English language arts. Around the start of junior year, I was about to start getting into my major courses full swing, and I was talking to my parents one evening about like just how school was going, nothing really out of the usual, and we were happening to talk about hypothetically about what if I wasn't studying English, what would they see me studying and working a career towards, and they both mentioned special education, and they brought up a couple incident, incidences um, where my past teachers had said things about me in terms of, like, how I have a gift for helping former classmates that had um, or has special needs and how I would, like, naturally gravitate and befriend them when a lot, not a lot of people would. I never really thought about that or even like recognized it at that age at the time. But looking back at those moments they shared with me, I remember thinking if, if I was overlooking this gift, and am I on the path that God has for me? This was difficult at that moment, especially when it all just landed on my plate, because I was questioning everything about my future at that point which led to being anxious and constantly worrying about the unknowns in my life, such as, like, should I change my major at that point or wait till I get to graduate school? And, like, how would it hinder, like, financial aid and scholarships if I switched? And one of the big questions was, did I make a mistake? Because I felt like at that time being in the English program was where I was meant to be, but if I'm being led towards special education, did I make that mistake? And it was also difficult because it felt different than making decisions that I've made in the past. So when I came to UM, like choosing my initial major and minor, just didn't feel like the world was on my shoulders While I did take the time to consider the options before making those decisions, they didn't feel as pressing or urgent as considering to pursue special education. No matter how hard I thought that I could brush off what my parents shared with me and the thoughts that I was thinking about, I felt like God had some reason for allowing that conversation that night and to present this potential path for me to possibly pursue. Other difficulties also came when I would like learn new information that would restart my thinking process cuz it was very frustrating when I was thinking I was almost close to making the decision but having to backtrack and reconsider what I learned to make sure I was m- making a well-informed decision.
0: That can be pretty frustrating. Well, in the end, what was the decision you made? And I know you've already mentioned what you're currently studying. But how exactly did you finally settle on that specific decision?
1: So during the learning process, I spent time exploring what each path had for me by talking to professors within those fields and the staff at um, McNair a scholars program in terms of like what the degrees, course offerings, the process to get into the grad schools and what even grad schools were out there that offered these fields and discuss information with them just to get their advice and feedback. Um, I also spent time with the teachers and students with the Falcon Flight program, which is a program for local students around the university of Montevallo with learning disabilities to give them opportunities to learn essential life skills and job skills for life beyond high school. I also talked with one of my former high school principals to gain insights of what the fields were like within a school setting and even got to go observe their special education program last year just before COVID hit and also spent time with my parents and you, Jacob, and Ms. Carla, and also fellow BCM friends to seek spiritual wisdom, prayer, and encouragement. I also spent time with God in terms of prayer, like asking Him to help me understand what He has for me and to show me His timing for what He has in store for me. I also spent a lot of time in scripture, and particularly with Paul's letters, because he often spoke of persevering through suffering and hardships, which was encouraging, because even during the struggles that Paul was going through, a lot of what he was sharing in his words of encouragement applies today.
0: recall talking with you through a lot of that, your study in scripture, your time in prayer, your conversations with friends and family. But as I think on last year and how you made your decision, I also remember a pretty pivotal moment. And that happened at a conference that the BCM went to in Montgomery called the Pursue Conference. There was a particular speaker there that talked on using your gifts for helping people with special needs. We had a great conversation after that session of the conference. If you could share a little bit about what happened in that moment, as far as how it helped you in making this decision.
1: Sure. The pivotal moment came during Catherine and Jay Wolf's main session. And if you haven't heard their testimony, it's definitely worth the listen. They were discussing a few different things about being a voice for Christ in the world. But a statement they made that seemed to be projected just to me was, oftentimes we overlook the calling God has right in front of us. In that moment, it felt like a light bulb went off or something clicked. But I knew it was more than that. I knew God was leading me towards special education. And during that session, I wrote a little letter declaration in my notebook saying, God, give me the boldness to step out in faith in what you have for me, the clarity in the steps you have for me, the confidence to proclaim what you are doing in my life as I begin this new journey towards special education.
0: So, yeah, that's the decision you made. I I remember you telling me about that and really grateful to the Lord for how he worked through that conference and those speakers to, to guide you. So thank you for sharing your story about how you came to your decision to pursue that particular career field. You've touched on a subject that I, as a campus minister, have heard countless times before from other college students wrestling with the future, those questions that everybody's asking, where should I go to school? What major should I choose, graduate school or not, and just go into a career field and I completely understand why these decisions feel so weighty. In one way or another, they will affect the direction of your life. And so often students, and everyone else making heavy decisions like these, virtually paralyze themselves with fear of making a wrong decision. They're afraid of choosing wrongly, which brings up the question, what does it mean to choose wrongly? We can only make a wrong decision if we have at least a general idea of the direction in which we'd like our lives to go, how we would like our lives to be. But what do you think most people are afraid of missing out on when considering decisions like these? I think of really three three words that all start with F. It helps me remember them. Fame, fortune, and or fulfillment. With fame, a lot of people are trying to figure out when they're making a decision about the future, they're asking themselves questions like, what's really going to get my name out there? Or what can I do to gain the biggest following? Or maybe they're, they're led by questions of fortune, such as, which decision will put me on a path towards a lucrative career where I can live in luxury and retire by the age of 35? Or maybe it's something deeper than that and we're searching for fulfillment might be questions such as, which path is going to leave me the most satisfied with life? Where my life will be full of happiness and meaning. Now these three things probably don't cover everything that people are wrestling with when making a difficult decision, but they cover a large majority of them. Which one do you stands out to you? Which one do you think was on your mind as you were making a decision about your own future?
1: I would say fulfillment stands out to me because it can mean finding fulfillment in terms of happiness and enjoyment, but for me it was finding or making the quote-unquote right choice in terms of fulfillment. I struggled with this a lot during my journey, especially when I was what I consider close to making decision. But when I received more information about either or both of the fields I was looking into, I felt like I wasn't fulfilled or satisfied enough to make a decision yet.
0: Just knowing you, and I don't even think the word procrastination is in your vocabulary, you like to be informed in every aspect of the word when you are making a big decision. And I know you wrestle with those things, but I would say for anybody else out there who is Uh, similar, and and I would consider myself pretty similar as well, there is an appeal of getting more information, as if we could use a crystal ball and look into the future and know exactly what's going to happen. And on the one hand, this appeal for more information, I would say it shows wisdom. It shows that we really are trying to discern what would be best. But on the other hand, the appeal of more information is oftentimes nothing more than wishful thinking. Because when we really think about it, we could never really know every turn our path will take, no matter what decision that we make. The perfect example of that, the wake-up call moment that we've all experienced over this past year has been COVID. We've all had plans and paths in our mind, and I don't think anybody had this specifically in mind when they were thinking about the last year. Well, compare that to a Christian conception of the good life. Well, what exactly should a Christian be aiming for when considering something like a college major or a career field? I would say a Christian is not necessarily asking the questions of what will bring fame, what will bring fortune, and in a way Christians aren't even asking what's going to bring fulfillment. I think more specifically what a Christian is asking when making these big decisions is what is faithful to the will of God? I believe that's what we should be asking as Christians. What does faithfulness to the will of God look like in my life? And that brings up really two possible conceptions, two understandings of the will of God. I'd like to say here that one resource that I've read that was really helpful in forming my understanding of the will of God was a book by Kevin DeYoung called Just Do Something. That and a combination of some other things that I've read along the way, I keep hearing this understanding of God's will as either a path you walk or a sphere in which you walk. And here's what I mean by that. There is a misconception about the will of God, that there is a straight line that you are supposed to walk in order to stay in the will of God. And the second you step to the left, the second you step to the right, you are now off that path and therefore out of the will of God. The scary part about this is if you take one step to the right and you're off and you start walking in that direction, how do we ever really know if we can get back on the path? Sometimes we don't even realize how far off we have walked. And so this conception of the will of God as a straight line path is... I would say, not biblical and not helpful, and it really does explain why sometimes we are so petrified to make any decision that's going to direct the path of our lives because we're so afraid to, to get off the right path. But the way the Bible presents it is not a path, a specific path that we're supposed to walk. The language of the scripture is, to be in the will of God means living in Christ and walking by the Spirit. A funny way to think about this living within the sphere of the will of God, it reminds me of those little bubbles that you can, well actually quite big bubbles, that you can put on and with your friends, if you both have them, you can run into each other and bounce off of each other and roll around without getting hurt. It's almost as if the biblical conception of the will of God is living within one of those bubbles that you are living in Christ, walking by the Spirit, and you can walk around wherever you want to as long as you are walking around in Christ and by the Spirit. And that conception of the will of God saves us from fearing that we're going to step to the right or step to the left, and now all of a sudden we're off the path and out of the will of God. But as long as we are walking around in holiness, in Christ, by the Spirit, it's less about where we're walking and more about how we are walking. I think it would be helpful just for a second to look at a few different passages of Scripture. As we consider what the will of God is, and there's, there's going to be two main categories for these, the will of God that exists within God, in himself, and the will of God that exists for us as humans, as his people. So two scriptures to help us consider what the will of God is in himself. Galatians 1, verses 3 and 4, they read, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father? So, here in these two verses, the will of our God and Father is to give his Son Jesus Christ to deliver us from the present evil age. Another really helpful verse is John 6, verse 40, which starts off with, This is the will of my Father, which is really helpful because then you know this is the will of the Father. That everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. So there it is, plain as day. The will of the Father is for people to look on the Son, believe in Jesus, and have eternal life, and to be raised up with Jesus on the last day. The second category of the will of God was His will for us as his people. A couple of really helpful verses in 1 Thessalonians, one of them coming in chapter 5, verses 16 to 18, they read, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Those three things. And then a little bit earlier in chapter 4, in verse 3, for this is the will of God. Again, those statements are so helpful. So let's listen to what he says. Two words your sanctification. The will of God for us is our sanctification. I point these verses out in an effort to combat that misconception of the will of God as this straight and narrow, where every step has to be one foot in front of the other alongside this path. When in reality and in the scriptures, The will of God is so much more about how we are walking, not the specific path on which we are walking. Which this brings up a question that I have for you. You are now walking along this path, headed towards this degree and particular career field. Are you 100% certain that it's all going to work out like you have planned? Are you 100% certain that you have now completely discerned and figured out the will of God for your life. What what happens if you have to take another turn? Or what happens if it doesn't work out like you think it will?
1: I know there will be times where the plans I have envisioned will not go as planned, as I've learned through this journey. And I realized that the plan I had coming into college is not the same one I am living now. For instance, during this journey of learning about the different fields, I learned that I could work towards being certified to teach English language arts after at least two years of teaching, uh, just through uh, the praxis and certification by test process that the state has. But who knows? By the time I teach a few years, I may not want to consider English language arts, or I might have some challenges pursuing that option, whether it be like financial or whatever the case may be. When my plans fall through, and despite the discomfort and changes they bring, I know that God has a reason for them, and I will trust Him to guide me through them and give Him the glory.
0: I think that's a great answer, and I think it's a great answer because it represents what we see in Scripture When we look in the life of someone like Paul and consider his decision-making process, he didn't back down from following God's will just because it may have looked different than what he thought or because he experienced hardship. Those things don't necessarily mean he was out of God's will for his life. I think about a passage like in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 1, verse specifically verse 10 where Paul is writing to the church at Rome and he says that he always asked in his prayers that if somehow by God's will, he may now at last succeed in coming to them. He wanted to go visit the church in Rome, but in following God's will, it had not led to that possibility yet. But in his prayers, he's still asking for that to happen. So is he praying against God's will? I would argue No, because for him to go fellowship with other believers, and in this case, believers a lot of whom he had never met, that is actually a sanctified thought. He is in God's will because he desires fellowship with God's people. There's nothing wrong with that, but he's also seeking to discern God's will specifically, and it has not brought him to the point where he could visit the church in Rome. I think that's a great example of wrestling with desiring something that is righteous and holy, but also seeking to discern God's will when it's not exactly clear if that's a possibility. What do you see in that passage, Romans 1, about Paul's ministry and how he made decisions like this?
1: So based on this passage, what I've noticed is that he's desiring to go to Rome To minister to the people there, but he mentions that he will only go if it's God's will and not his own because he is where God needs him to be at that time. While Paul's intention is to serve and glorify God, and those are good things, like he said, he knows that going to Rome is not in God's will for him at that point in time. However, he still ministers to them by writing this letter from where he's at.
0: That's a, that's a really good point. His desire is to be with the members of the church at Rome. It doesn't pan out like that, and he still does what he can by writing this letter. I think of another example in Paul's life, this one coming from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 6 to 10, and I'll, I'll condense it a little bit, but here's Paul going on one of his missionary journeys, seeking to follow the will of God, and it reads this phrase, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So here's Paul going around, and he tries to go to Asia to speak the word, but the Holy Spirit forbids him. Well, okay, that, that was a little weird, but um, no sweat. Let's just go somewhere else. And then he attempts to go to Bithynia, another region. But the scripture says the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them, them being Paul and the missionaries traveling with, the Spirit of Jesus doesn't allow them. So they have tried to go to Asia. The Holy Spirit forbid them to speak the word. They tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus does not allow them. Well, what's going on here? Are these Christian missionaries out of the will of God doing something that they're not supposed to be doing? And again, my argument is no, they're, they're not out of the will of God because they're walking in Christ and by the Spirit. Things are not working out like they thought they would. Their attempts have been somewhat thwarted as the Spirit and Spirit of Jesus seek to steer them elsewhere. So you have Paul and his companions, and they are seeking to discern exactly where the Lord would have them go next. And then, you know, by the end of this passage in Acts 16, Paul receives a vision a vision in the night, a man urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so he finally gets clear direction. But what I love about Paul and what is so helpful for me and for college students making decisions that are are really heavy and, and they feel burdensome, Paul obviously did not have a clear vision of where he was supposed to go first. He tried Asia. He tried Bithynia. But then he received a vision about Macedonia. But what is Paul doing in the meantime before he gets this clear and very direct vision? He's going around trying to preach the word. He's going around trying to minister to those who would need to hear the gospel of Jesus. And a lot of times it doesn't work out. When Paul wasn't sure where he was supposed to go, he still made a move. He still walked in the Spirit In Christ, attempting to glorify God in whatever encounter he experienced. It reminds me of a quote, God places a higher value on us being transformed rather than being informed. So God's will is less about being informed and more about being transformed. Paul was living a transformed life as he was ministering around as a missionary, even though he probably wished he was a little bit more informed in the moments uh, where he was having rocks thrown at him or being snake bitten, or shipwrecked or all these difficulties and trials. If Paul was informed about that, maybe he would have made a different decision. But that's not what it means to live in the will of God. So we get bogged down in the details of every little step we might take when God is really trying to tell us how to walk rather than where to walk. And if He has a place specifically that He wants you to walk, if He cares that much about where you walk, He'll tell you. He told you that night at the Pursuit Conference when you heard Jay and Catherine Wolf. I would say that that was a pretty direct word from the Lord in helping you make your decision. It wasn't every piece of the puzzle. It wasn't All the information that you wanted, but it was more direction and guidance for you.
1: I really like that quote you mentioned, which made me think about this phrase I came across shortly after deciding a path the quote, find the joy in the journey. Thinking about the last year, I would have more than likely called the experience a hardship, especially when it all started with the worrying and. Anxiety of like the unknowns like we talked about. But as time continued on towards the end and for now on, I call this time of life a journey. Like you mentioned, I remember times where I was bogged down with all that was going on around me and in my mind. But God's joy and hope is a stronghold I cling to, especially then because he allowed me to learn so much about the fields and myself as an individual as well as grow in my faith. And I even had fun when getting to interact with the students I got to meet through my observations. So there was a lot of joy that came out of this experience.
0: Well, I have really enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you for sharing it. And I pray that everybody listening has benefited from it in our discussion about these biblical passages. Um, this discussion will not answer every decision that we have to make. We'll still have to wrestle in trying to discern what the best option would be for whatever decision we're making. But I pray that it can give you confidence that you are in the will of God. Well, how can I say that? What if I am out of the will of God? Well, we know we're out of the will of God if we are living in sin. And apart from that, if we're living in in pursuing holiness and righteousness and our sanctification, we can be assured that we are in the will of God. It's like 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31 says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, we could put in there, whatever decision you make, do all to the glory of God. If you're doing that, I don't want you to walk around in fear that you're not on the path that God has you on. Because, remember, the will of God for your life is less about walking along a specific path and more about walking alongside a specific person, the person of Jesus and by the Spirit. Thank you guys for listening to this. Um, Kelly, there may be some students out there who are wrestling with and attempting to discern some of the same questions that you mentioned today. If they wanted to email you and get in contact, ask you some questions, how could they reach you?
1: Sure. So my email is Kelly, K E L L I the letter N sellers, S E L L E R S at gmail.com.
0: Well, thank you all for listening today to this podcast If you want to know a little bit more about our ministry here at the Montevallo BCM, you can visit our website at montevallobcm.com. And until then, we'll see you next time.